0: Kids, I'm in the car. I just brewed some coffee, heading to the bank to put some money in. Uh, because I (laughs) am overdrawn, which is very rare. So I gotta, I forgot to put some checks in. So, uh, typical. My head wasn't attached. (sighs) So, uh, what, what do I say? What are we doing? We're starting, um, Kings, we'll do First Kings, and I think I want to start reading up a little bit more on these chapters, i got to put the air conditioning it's going to kind of warm, um, this is turning into like, not a great ideological episode, or episodes, and I want you guys to get something out of it too, not just my voice. I do... I am familiar with 1 Kings, the first part. The first part of Kings kind of ends with David dying and then the kingdom going to Solomon. Yeah. There are... Um, after Solomon, the kingdom gets divided into Israel and then Judah. Judah is north and Israel is south. So the unified kingdom... There were only three kings in the, in the unified kingdom. The first being Saul, then David, then Solomon. Then after that, Solomon's son that, that supersedes him does a lot of dumb stuff. And he was not as wise as his father, and then he, uh, the kingdom split. But we'll get to that. What I want to point out is the beginning of 1 Kings talks about Saul's, Solomon's ascension. And Beniah, one of my favorite Old Testament characters, pretty much killing everybody that gets in Solomon's way it's almost as if it's like the last scene like the classical baptism scene in the Godfather movie the first one where the Godfather is accepting being Godfather's daughter's um, firstborn and as he's doing that the movie has uh, edits in scenes where all the major mob bosses are killed unifying Michael Corleone's kingdom as the head of the Mafia in New York. It's a very powerful scene. So that's what we're going to be reading up today. We may get past chapter 4, which is going to be interesting because Solomon was legend, legendary. Legendarily uh, wealthy. He had so much gold and silver and riches and, and I think they, chapter 4 mentions a, what's it called, a a mine in a a town called Ophir, O-P-H-I-R, Ophir, Ophir, something like that, and for a very long time, uh, the academia denied Solomon even existed, because they never found anything inscribed with Solomon's name in in the same time period they claimed Solomon to be well in the 70s and 80s they started uncovering pottery and stuff dated back to the exact time Solomon was king and they found his name inscribed on a lot of stuff so he has there's no question Solomon existed in the 1976 a archaeologist theorized that a cave in Saudi Arabia uh, was actually oh, the mine of o- the mine which is written about in chapters 4 through 6 in 1 Kings. And, and I think working I think it was an American archaeologist working with Saudi Arabian archaeologists and they came to the conclusion that it's like almost like an airtight conclusion this is where Solomon mined his gold. So that's a little fascinating. You know my background as like an amateur treasure It's kind of fascinating to see that they've uncovered, not only they have covered, uncovered some legendary gold mine, but both the American and Saudi Arabian government, through their archaeologists in a way, have agreed, yeah, Solomon existed. Here's where he got a lot of his gold, and the area makes sense for where he got his gold because... It would make sense for Solomon to know where it was. It would make sense because it was close to a port city, which could be which could transfer a lot of gold. I think it mentions like over hundred talents of gold, which ends up being like twenty or thirty tons of gold. So it's 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 fascinating. Archaeology continues to not debunk the Bible, but prove it. And prove that the characters written about in the Bible actually existed. I got into a little social media spout with some guy who, um, his, his wife was one of my science teachers in grade school, and he, he talked about how, and he posted some s- silly article that said, well, the pyramids existed this long, how come they were never mentioned once in the Bible? And there's a lot of things that weren't mentioned back then. There's a ton of things that were not mentioned that were that could have been mentioned but it doesn't prove anything you know, the Bible didn't mention gravity but it still existed the Bible didn't mention it was like the hanging it was like the hanging gardens that were burned down and then that huge library which was kind of around that time was it around that maybe not but you can't prove a positive by By showing a negative. And I try to explain that to him. Saying, I mean, you're just doing this to upset people. And and he just dug his heels in the ground. And and a few of my friends who are atheists sent me a message saying, Hey, you are like right on with your logic there. Sorry the guy's being a jerk. But anyways. I always find it fascinating that the Old Testament is continually being... Being... um, Proven correct. So I'm just drinking coffee right now, carefully because it's an open cup. I'm going to go to the bank and then maybe I'll park somewhere and uh, read. It seems like a lot of the Old Testament, if it isn't like Moses, it's David and the lineage of kings of Israel. So after 1st and 2nd Kings, I believe it's 1st and 2nd Chronicles, which is around like a supplement to both 1st and 2nd Samuel I'm pretty sure and uh, and at least 1st Kings I don't know about 2nd so we'll read through those after that and then we're going to get to the minor prophets well no we'll do Isaiah and Proverbs and then we'll get to the minor prophets and that'll be it for the Old Testament I mean I say it that fast it's going to take a while take a while where are we now Try putting, putting my Bluetooth in. For some reason, they weren't connecting. Kind of odd. The the namesake and the oh, good. The namesake stayed home today because he wasn't feeling well, which is going to be awkward because he's doing a. Soccer Trap tonight for competitive soccer. Which I'm a little nervous about. I'm, I've seen him play. I've seen you play. In fact, uh, this past weekend, I was so amazing. I gotta share this with you guys. It was just so amazing. You know, at the beginning of the year, I watched all the kids play. It's under 11s. And I try, it's so hard not to compare them to like the team, teams I were on. I was on. It's hard because growing up, there wasn't like a ton of different options for entertainment and my parents didn't have the money for like video game systems so I mean you played outside and I played soccer constantly played soccer with my friends and if I didn't have friends I just take my soccer ball to the the park which is across the street from my house and I juggle my soccer ball there from age 12 to or no earlier than that from age like 9 to like 18 I was I was there like 20 30 hours a week minimum I'm not embellishing so when I started watching the king, the, the namesakes and his friends playing soccer, I just thought, ugh, this is not gonna be a fun season. Because there wasn't a whole lot of discipline, there's hardly any skill. It was just kinda it was hard to watch. And there were games where like not this past weekend, but the weekend before we played a team that was obviously a very competitive team that's been playing for years. And they beat us like eleven to one. I think they just let us score the one, so they could score another goal. It was very inappropriate. I, I th- all the years I've played, I'd never, we've never been a team like that. I, th- our our coach ended up ordering us not to score, and it, it was just really, um, it was really unfortunate. It was an unfortunate game. I was a little annoyed with with the opposing team's coach. They were nice, but. Anyways, the weekend before that, so three weeks ago, we played a team, and one of the they beat us two or three nothing. Pretty lopsided. We had eight, seven or eight players on our team, which was wasn't that great. And uh, the other team had a really had this really big kid, but like stocky, like a tall, big kid that's stocky with with excellent skills, like like his ball control was like the best on the field without question he was just juking out everybody and it was funny in a way I mean not to me as I was the coach but like this huge kid like this chubby kid had some amazing moves and he (coughs) fooled everybody on the team and they beat us two nothing he was the goalie on the first half and he wasn't then he played the second half he scored a really great goal because he shot it right at our goalie and if you shoot the ball at our goalie it tends to just go in the net so, it, so. Anyways, um, one of the kids on the on the other team just was talking trash the whole game too. It was really bothering me. And, uh, hang on a second. I'm finish the story. Let me just concentrate on the this bank transaction. Make sure I got it right. Right now, this ATM isn't working. Oh, yeah. Okay. That ATM is not working. We're going to go to another ATM on the other side of the, this town so I can finish the story so this kid's talking trash talk game which is bothering me they're obviously winning and I mean having a ball but the one thing I, I will not stand is trash talk I, I think this is not this is not the, the game for it we're not using psychology to get in the other team's head we're learning fundamentals that's all that's important at this age group okay we don't need to use psychology on the other team Maybe in high school we could do that, but not, not not when all the players are 10. So after the game, it's like, oh, it's frustrating, but you know, you win some, you lose some. Well, this past weekend, we're playing the same team. In fact, when we played them before, it was just a scrimmage. It was just a, uh, you know, they didn't have a team to play, we didn't have a team to play. It was just an unofficial scrimmage. So we play them, and we have, and we end up, we're doing pretty well. And we beat them 2-0. And it felt so good. Cause the team was playing great and they're talking to each other. And that and they scored once on the on the kid, the big kid I mentioned during the game. They scored on him for one. And then the second half, he's playing. And he's playing down the namesake side. In fact, he's he's a left forward in the namesake. He's right defense. And I go up to him and I was like, I was like hey george I oh, just called out his name it's like george everybody knows his name's george see like, george you got to shut him down it's like you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about and and you looked at me you nodded and I, and I said be patient don't fall for his tricks so they're just little tricks but shut him down can you do that and you nodded at me you're like yeah I could do that and the, all the everybody else on the team was like yeah like, getting all excited about you uh, going up against him because as a defender you're phenomenal, phenomenal. And watching you felt like—am getting emotional? Watching you felt like I, like I went back in time. And I, I know what my dad felt like when he watched me. Because when I played soccer, I was not the biggest kid on the team. I, I just wasn't. I was typically the shortest, but I would shut anyone down on that side. And you know what you did? That second half, you shut him down like it was nothing. It was so great. He was getting so frustrated, and you weren't letting him get him to, do anything. Last time he played, I mean, he was just kicking everybody's butt. But when when he went up against you, it was just it was like it was like night and day. You just you dominated this kid who was a head taller than you and at least eighty had eighty pounds on you, and uh, it was hilarious because I just felt like I went back in time to watch me. It was it was great. It was a great day the kid that was talking trash the last game we was still talking trash during the game but we were beating him so who cares some some kids just don't know when to be quiet and uh it was just a great day great game parents were excited but it was nice to give you guys a second win you know that was nice I, I, I liked that every kid I mean it's important to learn how to lose gracefully it's, it's also important to win once in a while so that was that last weekend and and I hinted at at you uh, last Wednesday when like five or six days ago Uh, come on let's go green light Um, I said I said you know you should think about trying out for the competitive team and I wholeheartedly believe that but I'm still nervous like what if they don't choose him because they're superficial and they're like oh he's not tall enough or something I don't know but your skills are really good especially for a kid that's only like this is a first year play. this coffee has gone cold I'm just driving by the naval base or the ex-naval base um, I'm going to okay. have to hold it This coming weekend is going to be very difficult. In fact, oh, i got to do a lot of stuff today. This coming weekend is going to be hard because the spy's birthday is on Saturday. We have a Cub Scout meeting for the King on Wednesday. Thursday, I have a men's leadership meeting at my friend's house. And Friday after school, we have a campout for the Cub Scouts from Friday to Saturday that I'm taking the king on, just me and him which will be, will be nice. And after the camp out I'm going to drive home help as much as I can with the with getting the house ready for the birthday party that day. Then I'm going to drive my I'm going to drive uh, George, for the namesake out for his last soccer game of the season and then when we get back we'll I'll finish helping with the party. So it's going to be its gonna be kind of hard on me. I, I really hate missing birthday parties, but it's also the last game of the year. I, I'm going back and forth on whether or not I should let my friend just assistant coach that day because I have a feeling you're going to be playing a lot more games. So I'll think about it. what time is it? I gotta pick kids up in about two hours oh jeez I gotta stop checking my email while driving down a busy street and almost killing people, so don't do that. Don't do that. (sighs) I don't know what else to say. I'm going to pause it so I can think of something to say to you guys. Nobody wants to hear me just rambling. right back okay we're back just ran a bunch of errands um heading to the ferry parking lot I just realized it may be packed because the ferry is back in service so we will see we will see parking, even under, uh, under uh, the shade, so that's good, I um, realized I bought like some combos as a snack for lunch, and they crunch really loud, so I'm sorry about that, very windy day, just about to Trees in that shade. All right. Here we go. Oh, great spot. Spot. I'm going to close this. Okay. Check this out. <clears throat> here. All right. First Kings. <clears throat> chapter 1 now King David was old and advanced in years and although they covered him with clothes he could not get warm therefore his servants said to him let a young woman be sought for my lord the king and have her wait on the king sorry about the noise going to roll my windows down Let a young woman be sought for my lord the king, and let her wait on the king and be in his service. Let her lie in your arms, that my lord the king may be warm. So they sought for a beautiful young woman throughout all territory of Israel, and found Abishag, the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The young woman was very beautiful, and she was of service to the king and attended to him. But the king knew her not, meaning the king did not have inappropriate relations with her. I love how they say knew her. Now, Adonijah, Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and fifty men to run before him. His father had never at any time displeased him by asking, Why have you done thus and so? He was also a very handsome man, and he was born next after Absalom. He conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and with Abiathar, the priest, and they followed Adonijah and helped him. But Zadok, the priest, and Benaiah, <laughs> the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan, the prophet, and Shimei and Re, and David's mighty men, were not with Adonijah. Adonijah sacrificed sheep, oxen, and fattened cattle by the serpent stone, which is beside Enrogel. And he invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the royal officials of Judah. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, or Benaiah, or the mighty men, or Solomon his brother. Then Nathan said to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king, and David our lord does not know it? Now therefore come, let me give you advice, that you may save your own life, and the life of your son Solomon. Go in at once to King David and say to him, Did you not, my lord, the king, swear to your servant, saying, Solomon your, son, Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then is Adonijah king? Then, while you are speaking with the king, I also will come in after you and confirm your words. So Bathsheba went to the king in his chamber, now the king was very old, and Abishag the, the Shunamite, was attending to the king. Now Sheba bowed and paid homage to the king, and the king said, What do you desire? She said to him, My lord, you swore to your servant by the Lord your God, saying, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. And now, behold, Adonijah is king, although you, my lord, the king, did not know it. He has sacrificed, fattened, he has sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the sons of the king, Abiathar the priest, and Joab the commander of the army. But Solomon, your servant, he is not invited And now, my lord the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you to tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise it will come to pass when my lord the king sleeps with his fathers, and I and my son Solomon will be counted offenders. While she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet came in. And they told the king, Here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came in before the king, he bowed before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord the king, have you said Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Priest has gone down this day, and has sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the king's sons, the commanders of the army, and, and, and Abiathar the priest. And behold, they are eating and drinking before him, saying, Long live King Adonijah. But me, your servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and your servant Solomon, he is not invited. Has this thing been brought about, my lord the king? And you have not told your servants who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Then David No Then King David answered, Call Bathsheba to me. So she came into the king's presence and stood before the king, and the king swore, saying, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my soul out of ever adversity, as I swore to you by the Lord, the god of Israel, saying, Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place. Even so will I do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground and paid homage to the king, and said, May the Lord King David live forever. King David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. So they came before the king, and the king said to them, Take with you (coughs) the servants of your lord, and have Solomon my son ride on my own mule, and bring him down to Gihon, and let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet there anoint him king over Israel. Then blow the trumpet, and say, Long live King Solomon! You shall then come up after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne. For he shall be king in my place, and I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaiah the son of Jehoiada answered the king, Amen. May the Lord the God of my lord the king say so. As the Lord has been with my lord the king, even so may he be with Solomon. And make his throne greater than the throne of my lord king David. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites, and the Pelathites went down, and had Solomon ride on king David's mule, and brought him to Gihon. There, as the doctor priest, took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. Then he blew the trumpet, and all the people said, Long live King Solomon! And all the people went up after him, playing on pipes and rejoicing with great joy, so that the earth was split by their nose. Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as if they finished feasting. And when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, What does this uproar in the city mean? While he was still speaking, Behold, Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, The priest came, and Adonijah said, Come in, for you are a worthy man, and bring good news. Uh Uh-oh. Jonathan answered Adonijah, Now, for our lord king David has made Solomon king, and the king has sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites and the Pelethites. And they had him ride on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon, and they have gone up from there rejoicing, so that the city is in an uproar. This is the noise that you have heard. Solomon sits on the royal throne Sorry, I'm near an airport okay, roll it up moreover the king's servants came to congratulate the lord king David saying may your god make the name of Solomon more famous than yours and make his throne greater than your throne and the king bowed before him on the bed and the king also said blessed be the lord the god of Israel who has granted someone to sit on my throne this day my own eyes seeing it Then all the guests of Adonijah trembled and rose, and each went his own way. And Adonijah feared Solomon, so he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. Then it was told, Solomon, Behold, Adonijah fears King Solomon. For behold, he has laid hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me first that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. And Solomon said, If he will show himself a worthy man, not one of his hairs shall fall to the earth, but if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar. And he came and paid homage to King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, Go to your house. Interesting. Chapter 2. When David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon his son, saying, I am about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules his rules, and his testimonies, as is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. That the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart, with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, you also know what Joab the son of Zeruiah did to me. How he dealt with the two commanders of the armies of Israel, Abner the son of Nur, Inamasa the son of Jether, whom he killed, avenging in time of peace for blood that had been shed in war, and putting the blood of war on the belt around his waist and the sandals on his feet. Act therefore according to your wisdom, but do not let this gray head go down to Sheol in peace, but deal loyally with the sons of Barzillai and the Gileadite, and let them be among those who eat at your table. For with such loyalty they met me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. And there is also with you Shimei, the son of Gera, the Benjamite, from Behurim, who cursed me with the gravest curse on the day when I went to Mahanaim. But when he came down to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him, our Lord, saying, I will not put you to death for this, with a sword. Now therefore do not hold him guiltless, for you are a wise man. You will know what you ought to do to him, and you shall bring his gray head down with blood to Sheol. Then David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the time that David reigned over Israel was forty years. He reigned seven years in Hebron and thirty-three years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of David his father and his kingdom was firmly established. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. She said, Do you come peacefully? He said, Peacefully. Then he said, I have something to say to you. She said, Speak. He said, You know that the kingdom was mine, and that all Israel fully expected me to reign. However, the kingdom has turned about and become my brother's, for it was his from the Lord. And now I have one request to make of you. Do not refuse me. She said, Speak. He said, Please ask King Solomon, he will not refuse you, to give me uh, Abishag, the Shunammite, as my wife. Bathsheba said, Very well, I will speak for you to the king. <clears throat> so Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him on behalf of Adonijah. And the king rose to meet her and bowed down to her. Then he sat on his throne and had a seat brought for the king's mother, and she sat on his right. Then she said, I have one small request to make of you. Do not refuse me. The king said to her, Make your request my mother, for I will not refuse you. She said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah, your brother as a wife. King Solomon answered his mother, And why do you ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he is my older brother, and on his side are Abiathar the priest, and Joab the son of Zeruiah. Then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, God, do so to me and more also, if this word does not cost Adonijah his life. Now therefore, as the Lord lives, who has established me and placed me on the throne of David my father, and who has made me a house, as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death today. So King Solomon sent Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and he struck him down, and he died. And to Abiathar, the priest, the king said, Go to an, an Anathoth, to your estate, for you deserve death. But I will not at this time put you to death, because you carried the ark of the Lord God before my David my father, and because you shared in all my father's affliction. So Solomon expelled Abiathar from the, being priest of the Lord, thus fulfilling the word of the Lord that he had spoken concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. When the news came to Joab, for Joab had supported Adonijah, although he had not supported Absalom, Joab fled to the tent of the Lord and caught hold of the horns of the altar. And When it was told, King Solomon, Joab has fled to the tent of the Lord, and behold, he is beside the altar. Solomon sent Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, saying, Go strike him down. So Benaiah came to the tent of the Lord and said to him, The king commands, Come out. But he said, No, I will die here. Then Benaiah brought the king word again, saying, Thus said Joab, and thus he answered me. The king replied to him, Do as he has said, Strike him down and bury him and thus take away from me and from my father's house the guilt for the blood that Joab shed without cause. The Lord will bring back his bloody deeds on his own head, because without the knowledge of my father David, he attacked and killed with the sword two men, more righteous and better than himself, Abner the son of Ner, commander of the army of Israel, and Amasa the son of Jether, commander of the army of Judah. So their blood come back on the head of Joab and on the head of his descendants forever. But for David and for his descendants and for his house, and for his throne there shall be peace from the Lord forevermore. Then Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, went up and struck him down and put him to death. And he was buried in his own house in the wilderness. The king put Beniah the son of Jehoiada, over the army in place of Joab. And the king put Zadok, the priest, in place of Beathar. Then the king sent and summoned Shimei, and said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem and dwell there, and do not go out from there to any place whatever. For on the day you go out and cross the brook Kidron, know for certain that you shall die. Your blood shall be on your own head. And Shimei said to the king, What you say is good, as my lord the king has said. So will your servant do. So Shimei lived in Jerusalem many days. But it happened at the end of three years that two of Shimei's servants ran away to Akish, son of Mecca, king of Gath. And when it was told, Shimei, Behold, your servants are in Gath. Shimei arose and saddled a donkey and went to Gath. To Akish to seek his servants. Shimei went and brought his servants from Gath. When Solomon was told that Shimei had gone from Solomon, from excuse me, from Jerusalem to Gath. Um see now i have lost my place. And return, the king sent and summoned Shimei and said to him, Did I not make you swear by the Lord and solemnly warn you, saying, Know for certain that on the day you go out to any place, whatever you any place, whatever, you shall die. And you said to me, What you say is good, I will obey. Why then have you not kept your oath to the Lord and the commandment for, with which I commanded you? The king also said to Shimei, you, do not, you know in your own heart all the harm that you did to David my father, so the Lord will bring back your harm on your own head. But King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. Then the king commanded Beniah the son of Jehoiada, and he went out and struck him down, and he died. So the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. Chapter 3 Solomon made a marriage alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had finished building his own house and the house of the Lord, and the wall around Jerusalem. The people were sacrificing at the high places, however, because no house had yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father, only he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places, and the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on an altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant therefore an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked for this, and God said to him, Because you have asked for this, and have not... Ask for yourself long life or riches or the life of, <coughs> or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days." And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings and made a feast for all his servants. Then two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. The one woman said, Oh, my Lord, this woman I live in the same house, and I gave birth to a child while she was in the house. Then on the third day after I gave birth, this woman also gave birth. We were alone. There was no one else with us in the house. Only the two were in the house. And this woman's son died in the night, because she lay on him. And she arose at midnight, and took my son from beside me, while your servant slept, and laid him at her breast, and laid her dead son at my breast. When I, rose, when I rose in the morning to nurse my child, behold, he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning, behold, he was not the child that I had born. But the other woman said, No, the living child is mine, and the dead child is yours. The first said, No, the dead child is yours, and the living child is mine. Thus they spoke before the king. Then the king said, the one says, this is my son that is alive, and, this, and your son is dead. And the other says, no, but your son is dead, and my son is the living one. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two, and give the, half, uh, give the half to the one and the half to the other. Then the woman whose son was alive said to the king, because her heart yearned for her son, oh my lord, give her the living child, and by no means put him to death. But the other said, He shall be neither mine nor yours. Divide him. And the king answered and said, Give the living child to the first woman. By no means put him to death. She is the mother. And all Israel heard of the judgment that the king had rendered. And they stood in awe of the king, because they perceived that the wisdom of God was with him to do justice. Lots of things to unpack here. I'm going to stop right here at chapter 3. We'll get to all the others later. But a lot to unpack. We're 40 minutes in. So, like I said, uh, Anaya is in charge of the killings. He's the one... He's, like, the great assassin. Righteous assassin. Nobody ever messed with him. It's funny how, like... That works. In any, like... In in pop culture, you're going to see, like, movies with, like, gangsters and criminal organizations. There's always that one character, like, the right-hand man. That... That ends up having to kill everyone, for the over, the overarching gangster. So I find it, it's um, it's a common theme in 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 pop culture and in fiction, but this has actually happened. Also, uh, I found it interesting. You know, King David had a um, was cold, and they had a, a girl come in that uh, she was that he did not know her. So, I, I, I'm. of course, that's important. You know, watching uh, the TV show The Chosen, there's a scene where John the Baptist kind of mocks David a little bit for, for this practice. And Jesus actually rebukes him and says, that's not... He did not do anything inappropriate. That was just the, the way of the culture back then. And John the Baptist is like, I know, I know. And it was a funny interchange, which wasn't something that was recorded in the Bible but no. um so also we have the very famous part of the Bible Solomon asking for wisdom and I would I, I would encourage you kids to ask God for things throughout the week you kids could easily ask for things and we would give them to you if you just, just asked sometimes we will like turn the TV off after you guys have been watching it for way too long and then one kid would be like oh but I wanted to watch this or that and what me and your mom would say but why didn't you just ask us, go to us and ask us, and we would have given it to you Jesus talks about this on the, in the Sermon on the Mount about the, the love and generosity of, of God the Father. Solomon asked for wisdom, and God loved that so much that He gave him everything else that most people would typically ask for: riches, long life, honor. Uh, what else? Uh, enemies being destroyed, all of that. So, who was it? I, th- I was talking to. A, was it a pastor or was it like a verse? Anyways. I would say, lavishly ask God for things. The worst thing God can say is no. But ask with a righteous heart, and it will be given to you. In law, they always talk about splitting the baby in half. Um, which is... The term in in, in the area of law I do... It's just, let's piss off... Right, that. let's anger both sides let's come to a resolution that both sides are upset and Then, I mean it kind of breaks down because in the story you know in the act, what actually happened was one woman was her child was already dead so really the analogy kind of breaks down with splitting the baby in half um, the tragedy is really killing the live baby and the woman who wasn't negligent in the death of her child. I forgot that Solomon married Pharaoh's daughter. They always have, like, a relationship with Pharaoh in this... In in these... um, It's... And I always forget that. Abraham goes to Pharaoh a couple times. Who is it? Uh, Daniel. Daniel goes to Pharaoh. Uh, Joseph. So... No, they didn't mention the they didn't mention the pyramids, but they certainly mentioned the pharaohs. So, so, anyways, uh, I'm gonna call it for today. I hope you have a great day. Hope you're productive, but all, but not too productive. You need time to rest as well. Give your mom a call. Tell her... Just give her a random call. Tell her her that you love her. She would really enjoy that. I know, being your parents, we say things that might be triggering you or upset you. We're really not trying to upset you. It's just... We've... With our backgrounds, our parents said stuff to us that would make us upset. And so, of course, we try not to be our parents. But, unfortunately, we end up being our parents later on in life, so... Please forgive us if we've upset you guys or said something we shouldn't have said. We love you and are very proud of you. And and there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. There really isn't anything I wouldn't do. I love you guys so much. And in everything you do, do it for the kingdom and the king.
1: Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope of no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains And my orphan heart was given a name my morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested, and my life began. Oh, your grace, so free, washes over Chains, I'm a prisoner. No.